After further review, as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. He is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. Hola. Welcome back to 88.3 WTs. After further review, we're back at it here with David, the man of God, Harris. And uh, basically, we just got some breaking news here as we're recording a little bit early. I know I wanted to mention that this transmitter's been down over at WXUT, so that's why you haven't been able to listen to us live on Saturdays. I don't know if it's going back up anytime soon. I know they're working on this. The tower's usually over at Parks Tower. And I think they've been remodeling it this past year, actually, uh, getting ready for uh, next year for students to move back in. Um, And I guess accidentally they messed up the transmitter. So they've pretty much been having it on WXTS as running for 24 hours. And hopefully as soon as the transmitter's back up, we'll be back on the air. Maybe when we get back on the air, we'll be back in the new studio. Just crossing our fingers as it's uh, coming along a little bit nicely, but slowly. But you can always listen to us, though, on our... uh, live stream at wxut.com go over there and then click on the link to do that but if you miss the show we always got our podcast does make sure you're going over to wxut's after further review on soundcloud and on itunes but now we got david the man of god harris here on the phone lines and david it's uh been an interesting day maybe a sad day for some of the uh, uh dallas cowboys fans we had some breaking news Yeah, there's Brian. He gone. Yeah, he he is gone. Uh, not much of a surprise. Uh, Jerry Jones said we're gonna have a meeting on Friday, and when they pretty much met for that meeting, uh, pretty much he uh, told him he was uh, no longer a Dallas Cowboy. So what's next for Des Bryant? And are you actually shocked by this? Yeah, I'm. I'm a little shocked, and I would say the more I think about, the more. I recognize both sides of the scenario, Des Bryant coming out on social media and saying that he's taking this personal because, I mean, he devoted, you know, his career. He was the marquee skills player, you know, for that roster. And, I mean, even with Ezekiel Elliott there, like, Des Bryant was still, like, quote-unquote, the guy. And so when you think about a face of a franchise from the offensive perspective, you know, marquee position, wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboy. Highlight, like, your name will be as regardless of where you go. But then when you take into consideration for Jerry Jones, you know, since Des signed that big money contract extension in 2015, kind of production went down, struggled a little bit more with injuries than he had in his early career. And so you're looking at it from management perspective of, are we really getting the best bang for our buck? And the answer is no. But then at the same time, kind of the off the field, I don't want to say antics, but just kind of the way that he carried himself on the sideline, brought people the wrong way throughout the past couple of seasons, getting into arguments, getting into heated discussions with coaching staff. But if you're an elite wide receiver, do you take all the quote-unquote baggage knowing that outside of Des Bryant, 
your best wide receivers right now, kind of according to the roster, are Terrence Williams and Cole Beasley. Like, that's not scaring anybody. Like, that's not, that, I don't even think that's scaring the Cleveland Browns at this point. Like, you need a number one wide receiver, and regardless of what you think about Des Bryant's character, he commands double teams on a consistent enough basis to make him a legitimate threat. And so, if I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, I'm understanding, yes, you're saving $8 million in cap room this year. Yes, you're, you're understanding that now this is really going to be Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott as the primary focal points of his offense. But you're losing a guy who takes pressure off of those other wide receivers because when he's on, he's still top 10, top 15 wide receivers in this league. And to just cut him is just, you don't see that every day. You, just, you don't see a top player cut like that. But really, David, was he really a top player for what the price he was getting him? I mean, what was he, like a $12 million to $15 million cap hit? I mean, Des Bryant had been kind of breaking down for a while here. And he's, I don't think, when you when you have a, a cap hit like that, you better be one of the top receivers, and he wasn't, and they had to make the – and plus, let's, let's be honest here. Every NFL player knows this. He's been in the league, what, eight years? His rookie year was 2010, so really he just complete well, he completed his eighth year basically, seven years, regular years, but his eighth season. As a player, he should know. He's seen it. He saw it with Tony Romo when Dak Prescott came in. And was doing his thing. Could Tony Roman maybe squeezed out maybe one year, maybe two more years? Yeah, but they went with the younger guy because Tony Romer was on the decline of his career. So he had to have known that this was going to happen. You can't be taking this all personal. It's all business. They've done it to everybody. They did it to Emmitt Smith. I mean, Emmitt Smith went on to finish his career with the Arizona Cardinals. So he had to have known that this was this was what was coming on. Not to mention, a lot of people said he was very limited as a receiver. I mean, his good years, I mean, he was a three-time Pro Bowler, but it was all on athletic ability. Now, all of a sudden, he's getting a wide receivers coach. Well, why are you waiting so late in your career to get a wide receivers coach when you should have been running crispy routes from the get-go? I mean, that's just how it is. You can't outrun anybody anymore. So now you got to try to work on your technique. And I think that's too little too late. Maybe if you would have done this a season or two before, they could have said, okay, well, yeah, you're losing some of your physical abilities, but you got such great technique and you're still effective as a receiver. We're going to keep you around for what the cap casualty we're going to get with you. But he didn't. So it was like, we got to let you go. I'm sure some team will pick him up possibly um, he could have a second back end of his career. I mean, it, it's happened to the best of him. Kurt Warner, you know, he was with the Rams and he went to the Giants, a little lull there, but then he, you know, really bounced back with the Arizona Cardinals. But this is just how the NFL football has been for like the last 20 years. Yeah, but kind of to your point, kind of bringing up Dak Prescott to Tony Romo, there was a kind of clear line of succession. I don't. I don't see a wide receiver that can take on that mental of being the number one guy in Dallas. Well, really, is he the number one guy? Was he really the number? One, he's number one guy by name, but was he really putting up number one guy production? I mean, in, ter- in terms of the wide receiver position, yeah. I mean, yeah, you have little flashes where you have you know a magical game here by Cole Beasley or Terrence Williams gets nice production, but in terms of kind of consistent, who do we fear week in week out? And even though he wasn't putting up the numbers, it was still Des Bryant. 
I think the biggest thing with Des Bryant was kind of always arguing with the coaching staff and being volatile with the rest of the offense. And so this past season in particular, it was, okay, Des Bryant's so feisty, so fiery, funny kids with everyone. Is it time for, you know, him to sit down there, plays and segments where he was just on the bench because he needed to be taken out so he's, you know, cooler heads prevail. But I still think if you look at the rest of that roster that's left, and this begs the question, does Dallas now bring in a number one wide receiver in this draft and kind of because that like Dicky Elliott can't do it all. Like he just can't. He can't be your three down every down back and be the number one receiver target. Like even bringing up a guy like Le'Veon Bell, like he has Antonio Brown out there to you know, take the top off and then Le'Veon Bell can catch everything out the backfield. Like you need a star wide receiver. And that's always really been Dallas's star quarterback, star running back, star wide receiver. And for the time when he was on the field and when he was, you know, in his right mind, it was Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Des Bryant as that kind of next great trio. It just so happens that on the field production and that injuries really limited what he could do. I I, I, I just think that this we knew this was going to be coming, and I just think that, you know, if he was probably cheaper or if he probably would have reworked the deal, I could think I could see them keeping him. But the fact of the matter is, is that he's – you know, he he's not really he dropped a lot of balls last year. He you you know, he could only take the top off the defense type of receiver and he really wasn't taking the top off. So, I mean, if you really look at it, it it I think there is kind of a succession plan going here. Now, you said not for receiver, but it's turning starting to come become more of Dak and Ezekiel's team. And, and let's face it, I mean, like Colin Cowherd said, usually the wide receiver is just the icing on the cake. Even though this draft isn't really full of wide receivers, I'm sure they can get a couple, I guess, bridge receivers to come in until they find that next great guy. But, I mean, for a guy that's, a, you know, an ailing receiver and, and kind of losing it and getting up in age a little bit, I, I kind of seen that. I wasn't surprised, but I thought maybe they might keep him one more year. But... You know, I, I'm not I'm not surprised by this at all, and you know he's gonna have to go somewhere else. And I mean, it, this is just the the, the current NFL. I, he wanted to retire a cowboy. I know he wanted to do that, but almost every player. I mean, Richard Sherman probably wanted to retire as a Seahawk, and he, and he probably didn't think that he was gonna get let go. But you know, you, you tear your Achilles. You know, you, you didn't look too good this year either. You know, people were like, well, yeah, it's not surprising. He gets cut. But, you know, Des Bryant, it happens to him, and everyone's making it kind of a big deal. Well, I, I think because of that, like, and part of it is just looking at the rest of that roster depth chart, who else is there to kind of compensate. Like you said, there is a really a deep wide receiver draft class in terms of, elite guys that can come in and immediately be your number one. Like, outside of Calvin Ridley and maybe maybe Christian Kirk, DJ Moore, but they're more smaller guys, so they would have to kind of be like an Antonio Brown size number one, which, unless you're Antonio Brown or OBJ, like, 
there aren't that many small ones. Like you want that tall, six three, six four guy that can just leap, you know, over tall buildings with a single bound. And when he was in his prime, that was Des Bryant. And like you said, because his game was primarily, hey, Des, you just run, and then we'll throw it up to you. And so now, where it's, you really can, you know, go deep as much. Teams aren't going deep as much. Now, what do you do? And that does raise the question of where can does where will does Bryant end up? Because there are no, I mean, there are teams that need and could use a elite guy to take over the you know go over the top. But with the injury history, with the kind of off the field people really not liking his personality around the league, there's only so many places you can go where you'll be welcome. One and then two. With whatever money, there were reports saying that Des Bryant was going to be offered a pay cut. Then it comes out in that meeting with Jerry Jones on Friday. He wasn't even offered that pay cut option. It was just kind of, see ya, you're gone. So, I mean, would he be willing to take a one-year, two-year deal, get his money, and then with this new motivation, go out and ball out, and then from his production, earn another you know, significant kind of contract? Ah, like I said, I, I, I think with receivers, I mean, you don't really build a championship team around receivers. I think it, it starts, obviously, with the quarterback. Then I think it's a running back. And then the receiver would pretty much be the, the third option. Um, And them letting him go, it's like, okay, he, he's gone. I mean, like I said, I, I think he had his first six years in the league. I really think that Dez did a heck of a job and helped them, but – I think the last two years, I don't, I don't really think he was really a factor. I mean, if you really notice it, once Zeke was out with his suspension, I think then the Cowboys were terrible. So, I just don't, I, I just think that okay, he got released. It is what it is. You're gonna have to move on. I just think, kind of, he was kind of a, you know, a caricature though. You know. Obviously, the the catch now would have been a catch against Green Bay now with the rules being changed. But to me, I, I guess you could find maybe two or three receivers that could probably make up for the production of him as long as you've got Zeke and Prescott. You know, that that's really much your core. Not to mention a lot of people said that it takes a lot of pressure off of Prescott because obviously Des Bryant's going to demand the ball. He's the number one receiver. But his, as everyone also mentioned, his production had gone down the last two years, and sometimes he couldn't come up with the big catches. You don't want a presence like that with a quarterback that's trying to force it to him, because you know. Let's be honest with you. You need to you know share the ball around to be effective. You got to win as a team, and sometimes that could you know divert the attention away for you trying to win a ball game. So, I, like I said, I I'm not shocked by it. You know, it is kind of sad, but I really think it's not really too much of a loss for the Cowboys. That's just me right now. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, there's still, you know, two weeks before the draft. There's still a little bit of free agency, seeing seeing what teams release veterans. Do you get a stop-step guy for a year or two to kind of, you know, fill in that temporary thing, but then it's also, I mean, 
like I said, you really can't rely on a running back to carry you for 16 weeks without someone to at least alleviate some of the pressure. Because if, you know, with a guy like Ezekiel Elliott, if you load the box eight, nine guys, like every play, knowing that he's really your only legitimate, quote-unquote, scary, you know, skill option, only weapon you have to worry about as a defense, like they'll be happy to be like, hey, we'll just rush. Like, who, who's, who's that going to throw it to? Like, who's that guy? Yeah, it doesn't matter I mean, who, whoever that guy is, whatever with the no-name jersey, is because he's making the catches. That's all that matters. The thing about it was was that Des Bryant really wasn't making any plays last year, though, David. But, I mean, he, he still gave that threat, even though he wasn't. Uh, I think at the beginning of the year he gave that threat, but toward the middle to the end of the year it was it was talked about a lot that he wasn't the same player, and it was talked about a lot that how he was declining. It was talked about a lot how he was really limited as a receiver as far as running routes. So, I mean, let's face it, David, you know and I know that in the NFL, they pretty much uh, examine tape with the, or film. I wouldn't say take a stuff's not on tape anymore with a fine-tooth comb by the defensive coordinators everywhere in the league. So they, they knew toward the end of the year that Daz wasn't the same player that he used to be. So, I mean, that that's just how it is. He was, yeah, I thought that's what I thought. He was projected to make $12.5 million in 2018. Now, like I said, now if he would have been cheaper, eh, they probably would have, you know, said, okay, we'll keep you. But they didn't. So, you know, Des Bryant on on on, on uh, Twitter said, let's start the process, hashtag unbothered, hashtag throw up the X. And I'm sure he'll do uh, – uh, you know, I'm sure he he he'll go somewhere and do something well. I mean, he's made this a little too emotional as he's on Twitter again. Cowboy Nation, I need you to know this wasn't my decision. I will always love y'all forever. Dallas in my heart. The love is real. Thank you. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's great. It is going to be emotional. You were a fixture with the Cowboys, but it's it's a business. They're looking at the bottom line. I'm sure if 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 Des Bryant was having a career year, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation on this subject. But he didn't, and he's getting older, and you can't be emotional about it. Which it's almost like the fact with the, the Patriots. The Patriots might, you know, regret trading Jimmy Garoppolo because the owner Kraft was so in love with Brady and Belichick's like, you know, we gotta eventually move away from Brady. I mean, I know he's 41, he's doing well now, and, you know, you appreciate the stuff you did in the past, but eventually, you know, you, you, you he's going to decline. Well, I mean, it's like there's – Des Bryant has always been that emotional guy. He, like, throughout his career and even in his past couple seasons where he, his fiery kind of – you've seen the emotional outburst on the sidelines. Yeah, that too. That kind of – intensity one you kind of when it quote unquote and you know hate to be this guy but you know when it's controlled kind of emotional outrage everyone loves it oh he's a fiery personality but then kind of when it gets a little haywire it's like oh you know he's a basket case you know volcano ready to erupt you know ticking time bombs and those are kind of some of the things that were said in the media all throughout last year like can he get himself quote unquote under control as if though he was a volatile guy. And part of that is chemistry in the locker room, part of it's probably frustration with the lack of production that he's getting, or that he was producing, being hurt for a good chunk of last year, 
and the chemistry issues, not really seeing the volume from Dak Prescott. So, I mean, there are all kinds of factors, but at the end of the day, in this league, it's can you put up the numbers? Because that's what people are going to care about. That's what GMs and executives are going to look at. Like, hey, what are the what are this guy's numbers? Well, I think it's put up the numbers at a right price. I mean, obviously, if you put out outstanding numbers and a pro bowler and you're getting the rookie deal, <laughs> the owner is going to really love you. But if you're putting up, you know, okay numbers at a max player deal, you're probably going to be a cap casualty. I mean, that's just the way the game goes. And I'm pretty sure it was a hard decision with Jerry Jones to to let Des go. Um, but, I mean, you sometimes as a business owner, you got to do what's best for the team and what's best for your business. It's nothing personal, but, I mean, I'm sure he wanted he didn't want to let Tony Romo go. But, I mean, at the end of the day, that, you know, that's that's what happens. If Just think, think if they didn't they wanted to keep Tony Romo around. Would they two years ago had a thirteen and three season? I mean, they kind of took a step back because Ezekiel had had that six game suspension and everything. But think about it: if you didn't move on, you know, you, you could end up turning your wheels for years. Look at the Boston Celtics; they kept on with Bird and McHale and Robert Parrish when we we they knew they were way past their way past their primes three years prior before them even retiring. The next thing you know, the Celtics are in like a almost a twenty year uh mediocrity window. So you can't you know what I'm saying, you can't be holding on to these guys like that. I mean you, you just can't. I mean eventually you, you you're gonna have to let them go. I mean time just runs out. Yeah. And I and I think kind of at least the difference with Romo Romo being released in back press out like Romo won with the back injury at quarterback. Like that's you know they didn't too like like, there was talks, like, as soon as Jack, you know, it's only Romo, for, what you know, all the stuff that he did, was he really, quote-unquote, the guy, like, the long-term option once his back, once he started having back surgeries, and then with the back stuff, like, I think injury kind of accelerated that release, whereas Jez Bryan, it was more on-field production with, I guess the lack of a debilitating major injury, like it wasn't Des Bryant towards ACL or, you know, broke his foot or his knee, something where it would limit his ability to run or take the top off, you know, as much as, you know, a guy like Tony Romo using the example that you brought up, like with the back where, you know, leaning over, having to move your back and throw the football, like, so I think injury does play part of it, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's on the field, what can you do? And Des Bryant, you know, last three seasons didn't reach over 900 yards receiving in each of them. Like, that's that's saying something for a guy that was all pro, one of the best wide receivers when he was, you know, early on in his career. Yeah, yeah, like I said, the things tonight. You said we go from desert. You said you wanted a preview of your mock draft 3.0, though. Yeah, and I, and I think thinking about some of these latest moves, kind of do the Cowboys draft wide receiver and now. I mean, now with this coming up and having not even considered, I mean, having considered but not thinking it through, it opens up the door for. Uh, Cowboys at 19, where originally I had the Bills taking Calvin Ridley at 22. 
maybe the Cowboys move up to Alabama. I mean, top in terms of the top ten, I'm thinking more and more do the Broncos not draft a quarterback, which would be kind of one goes against everything John Elway has been talking about, about him being a marquee quarterback. But then the million-dollar question is, do I still have the Browns taking Saquon Barkley at number one? Because the more I get, more and more we get close to the draft and the more and more you really think about teams that are, that we know what's going to happen. We, we know Saquon Barkley is not a quarterback. As much as you may think he could be, probably play quarterback and he probably can throw the ball relatively well. Like I'm just, you know, reckless speculating that. But there are certain teams that just get into tendencies and get into kind of a rhythm of, hey, we need to keep drafting this position regardless of if it works or not. And so that's a little bit of sneak peek of next week. Mm, that'd be interesting as the draft is coming up in a couple of weeks. And like you said, you wanted him them to pick uh, uh, Saquon Barkley. Um, the question is, do the Giants pick a quarterback? Some are saying that they're not. They might roll the dice on Eli Manning. It'll be it'll be pretty interesting. But I'm waiting to see what your 3.0 uh, mock draft would be like, David. Yeah, and then again, and recording you know, early, I want. I just wanted to be known that last week, regardless of what goes viral for all these reports about, oh, Lamar, you know, Lamar Jackson going to the Patriots, all these quotes about Bill Parcells that you know Chris Morrison on NFL Live this past week was saying, oh, you know, I talked with Bill Parcells, and Bill Parcells and Lamar Jackson would be a great fit regardless of the system. I just want the record to be known that last week on my mock draft 2.0, I said Lamar Jackson to New England Patriots. And before then, was anyone really saying that? No. Was anyone Like, I, I just want to be known that ESPN, if you need someone to do a mock draft to be up there with Typer and check, just let me know. Like, like I, I don't have as many sources as Mortensen. I don't have a, you know, pager with everyone's phone number like Adam Schalfter. Adam Schalfter, but you know, no. I broke. Like I don't want to say I broke that, but you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. You like I said, you're David the Man of God Harris, and also that mentioned that um, Bryant was not offered a pay cut when he was in the meeting. So it looks like they probably were just like, look, you, you're more of a headache than. Uh, basically a productive player, so they wanted to get rid of him. So we'll end with that. But coming up next, though, David, you got uh, school signing with Adidas? Yeah, University of Washington. What are you doing? Oh, uh, that and more here on 88.3 WGTs. After further review, make sure you just listen to us on SoundCloud or on our iTunes page. We'll be back with another subject with David the Man of God Harris. I just like the simple.